Blessed Sunday. Uh, it's the Lord's Day, 12.30. Yesterday I had a very bad time or day, if you want to call it. My eye was shut completely, my left eye. And I don't know from what. And I look like a half-blind woman. It was terrible. I must be allergic to something because I'm trying to figure out how that happened. See, Friday morning before, I was fine. And then Friday night, late Friday night, my eyes started to itch. And when I went to bed, I started scratching. Now, maybe I scratched it too much and it irritated and it shut. But that doesn't make sense. So you think to yourself, what would cause your eye to swell up and remain shut for that period of time? Because when I woke up, I couldn't get it opened up. And all day yesterday, and then it finally miraculously towards the early evening, it started to open up on its own, but I had put ice before. And I still have a little bit of swelling. I can get my eye open, but I had to put a little bit of ice on there just to keep the swelling from, from getting bigger. All I know is that we all have some type of allergies. We might be allergic to something. It could be food related, it could be weather related, it could be any type. But now my sister said to me, did you eat something before? I said, well, I had pasta and shrimp, but I would think that if it was a food allergy, it wouldn't just affect one part of your body, it would be all over your body. Because I've read of how people are allergic to certain things in foods like nuts or milk or, or something to that effect, which I don't have, and I don't think I have any allergic reaction to any of those products because if I had, I would stop eating them altogether. The thing that really bothers me is, well, the weather is getting a little chillier now, which I don't mind, but when it gets too, too cold, I get itchy, dry skin. I put lotion, like right now, as I'm sitting here telling this podcast and recording it, I'm getting itchy skin. I don't think, I think it's from, yeah, the cold. Now, I'm not wearing socks or anything because I don't want to wear socks just yet. I want to, I'm still wearing sandals you know because I don't know I feel like if you wear socks and 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 slippers it's like that's it it's over no more warm weather weather here is unpredictable it's warm it's cold it's warm it's cold we're in the month of October and the thing I'm dreading is the winter time because I'm hearing from the forecast that the winter will be unusual here Like some areas will get a lot of snow, some areas won't get any snow, some areas will be mild in temperature, some will be very cold. So it's like, who can you really trust? Who is telling the truth? Half the times I think these weather forecasters make up stories and scare people and put people in a panic. See, I wanna be in a country where there is no winter. I don't like snow. It's pretty to look at, but to not drive in it, to shovel it, mm -mm. I can't take the cold, the cold gets to me. You know, the temperature has to be comfortable for me to actually adjust. And in the wintertime, if you go out and live in California where they don't have snow, or they may have it in the northern part of the state where the mountains are, but all in all, they have decent temperatures. 
and you can wear any type of clothing over there. You don't have to like dress up as if you're in the cold. Then if you go into the northern part, like into Wisconsin and the Great Lakes, they're always cold over there in Chicago, which is known as the Windy City, which I don't understand what where that comes from, but um, it's always cold there too. And then you go into Florida, which is too, too tropical. It's too, too hot down there. It's nice to be tropical, but not all the time. So now we go into the countries. Let's go outside of the United States. I remember when we went to Greece when I was little, the weather there was not so bad. It was a hot summer, but it wasn't like uncomfortable hot. You know, some parts of the world, it gets very, very hot, like dry desert type heat. You know, where sometimes there's no humidity and sometimes it's so hot outside, you'd want to go inside and be in the air conditioner. When we went on that trip back in the late 70s, the weather was pretty decent, you know? I mean, it was your typical summer, you know? There are days when it was hot. There were days when it, the temperature dropped and it was cooler. It all depends, and it all depends on where you are because every part of that country is different. It's the same thing when you come into the United States. Wherever you are in the United States, whatever part of the world you're at, it's different. There are some places that could be raining, some places that could be snowing, some places that could be sunny, some places that could be cloudy. It all changes. But for me, I'm ready to go into another country just to experience that weather climate because here it gets just, it, it goes from hot to cold to warm to unseasonably warm to humid. And I can't take that. The, the heat bothers me because it gives me headaches. And the cold makes my, my joints, if I go up and down the stairs, they start to hurt. So it's like, I don't know, weather related. So when we talk about allergies and people say, well, what are you allergic to? Oh, well, I don't think I'm allergic to food. Now, I, I do have a sensitive stomach. I will admit that to you. But I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's passed down. My father, I can give you an example, had an ulcer. He could not consume anything dairy product. But, and this is the bizarre part, he did have a little bit of ice cream and a little bit of cheese. Well, I said, well, that's dairy. He didn't have too much of it, but he couldn't drink milk because he had a um, like an, an ulcer. So it was basically like if he drank milk, it would leave like a burning hole in this in that area. It would just it wouldn't it wouldn't go down. Um, so that could be genetic. I'm not sure, but I don't understand where I'm getting the allergies. Now I think now this is a possibility. There are certain lotions and creams that I used to put back in the day. And I might have put it accidentally where my eye was on that left side of the eye. And I think that's what happened. It just, I think I might be allergic to a cosmetic product. There are some cosmetics that the ingredients on there are questionable. I used to work for a cosmetics firm. So I know there are certain ingredients that are not allowed to be put in any type of cosmetics. They're on this California Prop 65 list. It has all the ingredients that tells you which should not be in these products. Cause you would think like if you look at food products versus cosmetics, some products that are in cosmetics are also in food. Go figure. So for people who have allergies, like me, I can't wear makeup. I can't wear eyeliner, I can't wear eyeshadow, and I can't wear mascara because my eyes water. So I go for the natural look, and I don't think there's anything wrong with me looking natural. You know why? I think women look beautiful without makeup. They're showing their true selves. And I've touched on this topic, but everyone may disagree with me on that. That's fine. It's just my opinion. 
I don't remember ever wearing so much makeup that I had to cover my own face. Uh, if you cover your identity, that's what you're doing. You're running away from who you truly are. With makeup, oh, it enhances your beauty. But what's wrong with a natural look? Did you ever look at a model? Let's look at models that are in cover fashion magazines or just, you know, doing these cosmetics. Some of them are, are natural. They're beautiful. And then there are others that have so much makeup on, you can't see their face. And you wonder, okay, so what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that picture? Why do you need to put that much makeup on? Is it because you want to impress other people? What's wrong with how you look? You know what they say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So let's take that literally. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So when a woman starts putting up all this makeup, what is she trying to do? Is she trying to impress on someone? Or is she running away from her true identity? See, when I was going through my cancer, I'll give you an example. I lost all of my hair. So I was bald. <laughs> and again, my sister said to me, you look cute bald. You should be like a singer or something. I'm like, mm, no. Um, but thanks for the idea. Um, <laughs> so I was bald. And my eyelashes actually fell out. You know, because when you do chemotherapy, your whole body goes through all these changes. But it's only temporary. So I had no eyelashes. So it was hard for me to put mascara. I used to put mascara on back in the day. Very little, though. But can't wear it, and even if I have it, I have very thin eyelashes. I can't wear makeup up here because it irritates me. So I'm thinking there's the chemicals that are in makeup products that are not good for you. And if you have an allergic reaction, you'll know. You know, your face will swell up or your, or your, your eyes will get like, well, the one eye did, not so much the other eye. Then I think to myself, what's wrong with being natural? If I ever were to do a magazine, like a cover of a magazine, I'd want them to show my natural look. I don't want to put too much of makeup on. I put a little bit of blush, a little bit of lip gloss. That's it. A little bit of everything. Because for me to put the mascara, the eyeshadow, the tons of makeup on, lots of lipstick, you're covering who you are. Be proud of who you are. Show your true identity. Show your true beauty. Because when you, when you cover it up with makeup, you're hiding something. That's what I truly believe. When I look at these fashion magazines or these magazines where these models, you know, advertising all these different products, they have so much makeup on their face. What would happen if you took, just took some of that makeup off of their face? Just strip it off a little bit. They'd still be beautiful. There I've seen actors and actresses, I've actually seen actresses before and after pictures of what they look like with makeup and without. I still think they look beautiful even without the makeup because I know makeup enhances your qualities but I still don't understand that when I was growing up I accepted who I was you know I never really liked the idea of putting makeup on my sister kept saying oh you need to do this you need no I don't need to do anything I'm happy in my own skin why can't you accept me in my own skin why is it that difficult for people to accept each other in their own skin what are you trying to hide by putting all this makeup on what are you trying to hide are you trying to hide your identity? Are you trying to run from your identity? See, that's why when I got into this whole thing with social media, let's look at social media and the platforms, okay? Everybody is always competing with one another. Everybody's trying to outshine one another. Be original, be different, stand out from the crowd, be you. Don't try to be somebody you're not. When you're trying to be someone else, you know what you're doing? You're copying off of someone. Why would you want to copy off of someone? 
Be original. Be unique. Be different. Say, hey, look at me. Now that LinkedIn thing from back in it was like the end of September. I'm hoping it got a positive reaction. I'm thinking that somebody saw it and said, "Hey, look, she was brave enough, and the only woman that I know of that actually showed her battle scar. She literally took off her top, and her bra showed off her battle scar. How many women do that? See, so you can't compare me and put me in the same category as other women." I am not like other women. I refuse to be like other women. I don't like the way women treat men. That's I've actually touched on that subject. I don't like when women treat men like they're garbage. You know, a man could do so much for you in his lifetime. He can love you. He can take care of you. He can provide for you. He can give you everything you want, and yet you still treat him like garbage. Shame on you. Shame on you. I mean, my mother came into this agreement. We were watching this movie. This woman was like, she was. Really coming at her husband, and you know he could have fought back, but he sat, he sat, he sat there and took it. I wouldn't have taken. I would have given her a piece of my mind and walked out the door. You don't need someone to trash talk you like that and to make you feel like you're less of everything. That is terrible to do. I have my stance on that. Okay, that's how I feel. That's me talking, not some of those other women. And I will tell you, so there are some women that are gold diggers. All they care about is what the man is worth. Who cares about that? I don't. And you're saying, oh yeah, sure you don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't care about the size of his wallet, where he comes from, what he does for a living. That doesn't matter to me. You know what matters to me? His personality, the way he is towards others. The way he exudes confidence and determination and sexiness and this and that. I don't care about all the material things. That if you think I care about the material things, I would have a long time ago been with someone who had that type of material wealth. I don't care about that. And I give you an example of my father and mother's perfect marriage because my father was not wealthy, but he did provide my mother and us a great life. He did, but he worked at it. He worked very hard. My father never gave up on working. Even after when he didn't want to retire, he wanted to continue still working because he wanted to give us the best, and he did. Thank you, Dad, for giving us everything. Thank you. And again, I didn't have to ask my father for anything. I was too ashamed. But he would always find a way to like buy it, without even us asking him. He would just go out and get it. That's the type of man he was. And he was so good to my mother, and my mother was so good to him. They were good for each other. They were the best, and I want that for me and my husband, the best. In other words, I'm not saying perfect. Don't don't confuse best with perfect because yes, they are similar. What I'm saying is, I want our marriage to be quote the type of marriage that will last forever. You know, sometimes. People say, "Yeah, we've been married this many years. How did you keep the fires going? How did you do this? How did you do that?" Well, we did it through love, through love, through understanding, through supporting one another, respecting each other, honoring each other. Everything is teamwork. Teamwork. That's what everything is. Teamwork. You love, you honor, you respect. You never cheat. You never betray. You never manipulate. I cannot stand cheating, and I've told him this. If you cheat on me, you're gonna go down on your hands and knees and beg for my forgiveness. I'm not gonna divorce you because I don't believe in divorce. I think that that divorce is the wrong way to solve something like that. 
See, if you're not married, it's one thing. If you're not married and this, he constantly cheats on you and you're like, well, I can't trust you, then you break up with him. But once you get married to someone and you take that solemn vow, that sacred vow that you're with each other through thick and thin, that you will support one another, that you will love one another, you will do whatever it takes to, to keep this marriage from falling apart, then that's what you do. You work it out. My father and mother were a perfect example perfect example of the type of life they had and again my father pursued my mother like you wouldn't believe she told me the stories and I couldn't believe it I was like wait a minute daddy pursued you she said, yeah he pursued me were you interested and she was like I don't I think she was oblivious to what he was doing but he professed his love to her even even when he fought in the Korean War he would send her love letters and he would profess his dying love and he actually went to her mother and and her brothers and sister and said can I ask permission so that I can marry your daughter that's like old-fashioned that was so 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 sweet I was like oh my father was a good man handsome man too I saw pictures of him when he fought in the war he was a good soldier really like in that uniform and everything wow I'm just looking at it and I was like thinking to myself what a handsome man wow what a loving man what a wonderful husband a terrific father I'm telling you, he loved my mother so much. They had the perfect marriage, but unfortunately it didn't last because he passed away from cancer and she was left a widow and he was only 63. They didn't really grow old together. And my mother felt like, wow, you know, we've had this many years together and then all of a sudden something happens and he dies from an illness. An illness that he could have fought, but it took over his whole body. And he looked like death. I looked at him, I could not believe the man that was sitting there in front of me was my father. He looked like a human skeleton. It was just terrible. I didn't recognize him at all. You know, that's the thing you, you, you don't understand about cancer. And depending on the type of cancer you have, it ravages your whole body. It, but it all depends, again, on the type of cancer you have. So if you have lung cancer and it spreads quickly throughout your whole body, on the, on the inside, it does damage, but on the outside, your appearance looks different. I've seen people like my next door neighbor, not the people who live here now, but the neighbor before. He had, um, he was only 50 something when he passed away. He had uh, something with his brain. And at one time, me and my mother saw him, his eyes bulged out. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He looked different. And he said he didn't want to go through any kind of a brain scan. He didn't want to do any of that. He just wanted to just go. And I'm like, but you've got so much life left in you. And this was a guy that was a little on the, um, let's just say he really over-decorated his house. He used to have a koi pond in the backyard and a whole bunch of different things that people would complain about. And then I would, one time I went inside this house and he had a greenhouse jungle filled with plants from the dining room into the kitchen. I'm like, wow, wow, this guy loves plants, you know? Um, but he was a good neighbor. He was just a little, you know, he did his thing, worked as a waiter. He worked as many different professions, but he couldn't fight off this brain thing. I think he said he woke up with a headache one day, and then all of a sudden he was diagnosed with, I forget what he had. I can't remember now. But I remember when we, me and my mother saw him, he looked very sickly, very, very sickly. I wouldn't even recognize him. And I think at one time, at one point, he developed a stroke, so he couldn't really speak. I'm like, wow, 
he was gone pretty quickly. So now the people around me that I grew up with, that we were neighbors and we were closely associated with back in the day, died from some type of an illness. And you think to yourself, wow, here today, gone tomorrow. That's why life is precious, especially when you're fighting cancer. I could be the spokeswoman for cancer, all cancer, not just breast cancer, because this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But again, I don't associate with the color pink. These are the colors I associate with, the coil bracelets that I want to kind of represent to these people. You know, for the colors that I have are purple, blue, black. Black was when my father passed away, and my heart just kind of like died with him because we, that bond was broken. Then there's purple. Purple is the color that I defeated with cancer. Cancer actually helped me get through that tough fight of my life. So I don't remember when I was 35 and 36. I wish I can regain those two ages back because the quality of life for me changed completely. Blue, well, blue was a period in between from when my father passed away to before I got the cancer. Blue was the period where a lot of things happened, but I also survived a lot of things that were thrown at me. Depression, suicide, loneliness, um, and everything in between. I was assaulted, I got, you know, recovered from that. Just so many different things. And that's why I said it's very important that we have to get through life's struggles, but we have to be positive about it. Because positive is the key word. You can't be negative in a positive world. You cannot be negative in a positive world. You have to be positive in the negative world, but not the other way around. I said that many times, and you say, what do you mean? Well, think about it. Let's, let's break it down. You can be positive in a negative world. If you have negativity all around you, when you're struggling through any type of obstacle or crisis and illness, you have to get through it with a positive mentality. But if you do it from the opposite, if you say, well, I'm negative in a positive world, well, positive meaning, positive world meaning everything is going great, there are no struggles, no obstacles, but you're negative, that negativity will be reflected not just on you, but the people around you. And who wants to be negative all the time? Now, for me, and I'm trying to stay focused and positive, but I have so many things going through my head. I see the people around me, you know, doing great things, and what am I doing? I'm still looking for that, quote, job. Now, I will find it. And I know that it's out there, even if it's a job that makes little money, but I still want that. I want that, that, that um, to get back to the workforce, to be, quote, a career woman, you know, um, until the day when I physically get married to my hubby, my husband, and then we could just do our own thing. You'll still be working, but it'll be in a different capacity. But see, the thing is, I have to get back to it because I've been hearing left and right from potential employers that, oh, your skills are outdated. Well, how are they outdated? You never forget anything that I've learned. I've never forgotten anything that I've learned. I've kept everything up in my, in the head, my head. I remember certain things, but if you don't give me a chance to prove myself, how am I going to do this? I have to prove myself at some point, but it's really, really hard, you know, but you need to like focus. Focus is the key word, focus. And the thing that I love about this is I just wish that people would give me a second chance. Now, I was thinking of going outside of my whole career and do something completely out of the ordinary. Will I get the attention and support from others? I hope so. 
And what am I talking about? Well, maybe I could dabble into a little bit of doing commercials for products. Actually, I would like to do a spokes, be a spokesperson or spokeswoman for a particular product for cancer. And if I could promote these bracelets on live television and have people help me out with it, like, you know, assign some people, create a colorful banner. Instead of putting it on Instagram, where everybody always promotes their businesses and they use people's music and this and that, maybe I can get somebody to help me along with this and promote this. So these bracelets are kind of like your medal for, and these are for three things. Number one, for beating cancer. That's number one. Number two, for going through life's obstacles. In other words, I think of it as this way. Life is like a big classroom. People are starting to learn how to do things for themselves. How do you fend off uh, the dangers of life? How do you get through the obstacles? How do you get through all these crises? Well, you have to have a positive mentality for one. And don't be surrounded by people that are gonna bring you down. In other words, stay away from the toxic people. And we know who the toxic people are. All the people that are negative, that don't want anything good for you, that don't want you to succeed. They're envious of everything that you've accomplished in your life. And you know who you are. You could have friends like that in your lifetime or colleagues or whoever, but get rid of them. The more you stick around with these people, the more you're never gonna accomplish the things that you wanna accomplish in life. Think about it in those terms. I've gotten rid of a lot of toxic people in my life. Am I alone? <laughs> yes, you bet. And I'm trying to find, quote, friends, but I'm not looking for them. I think whenever it happens, it happens, you know? Even in my jobs that I've worked with, I've tried to stay in touch with the people that I've worked with, but sometimes things happen, you know? We move to different places. Our lives change. Our lives take a different path. We don't always have time to connect, you know? And then you think, well, what about your classmates? Oh, forget about them. I, didn't never I never liked school to begin with, number one, and I hated the people in my class. I know hate's a strong emotion, but I just didn't like the people in my class. They were all phony baloney. There was not one true person that I can even think of that I actually had a close association with back in the day. I can't remember. It wasn't from my grade. It was from the grades below me that I had more of a friendship with certain individuals. And yes, did we keep in touch? At one point we did, but I don't know, we just lost track. See, life happens so quickly. There are many things that everybody does in their lifetime. You know, they graduate from high school, they're lucky enough, they go to college or work, whichever. I did go to college, but then I dropped out. So, you know, don't fault me for that. And even if I went back right now, it's just too expensive. I can't afford it. Maybe down the line, who knows? I don't know. Um, and if not, then I just continue on with my life and try to make good life for myself and then when I get married I make a life for my husband and we make a life for our family and we just continue on from there we try to make the best of it because we love each other so so much we love each other we our love is so strong no one can come between us no one can break that bond and if you think of it in these terms who would even try do you know how many people would try to they won't be able to succeed you know why because I'll step right in front of him. But I said that to him many times. I don't want to lose him. And he feels the same way. And I said, I don't want to lose you. And he says, you're not going to lose me. I said, okay, great. We're not going to lose each other, but I'm still going to protect you. 
I'm still going to protect you. I'm going to do the things that I'm going to do to keep us together, to keep us alive, to keep us, to keep us well. That we as a team could overcome anything in this day and age. That we could accomplish anything if we put our minds to it. That the things that I want to do in my lifetime, I need them by my side. I need them by my side because, again, I can't do this by myself. All these things that I want to do down the line... And again, I'm actually reflecting on one area. I keep having the dream about it too. One area that I'm having that I'm, I'm thinking of actually promoting a second business is Abuja. Why do you ask that? Because in my dreams, I keep hearing the name Abuja, Abuja, Abuja. They're like, but why there? Because there's a lot of businesses over there. Yes, it might be expensive to live there, but when you have a business and you're making good money and you want to promote it and bring people to you, and maybe at some point, if someone's looking for a job, hey, look, I need you. I need this person. I need this person. I need this person. That's what I'm looking to do. And I'll be very, very happy when that time comes. Yeah. I think that, you know, because a lot of businesses are down there and people from all over the world are living down there. Everybody from every part of the world. So I would probably fit in. In fact, I know I would fit in. But that's what I want to do down the line, you know, in addition to whatever else that comes to me. Whatever else that I can accomplish that I know I can achieve in lifetime. And again, being positive, staying focused 100%. Making sure that you don't fail. And even if you do fail, it's okay. Even if you struggle, it's okay. Because nobody's perfect. You know, there's no such thing as perfection. We have to keep driving that in our pe- people's heads. There's no such thing as perfection. Perfection doesn't exist. If it did, again, everybody wouldn't make mistakes. Nobody would fail. Nobody would. Th- everybody would find a way to just just get along with one another. You know. Um, but again, and I see it because again, it's important. It's important to me anyway. But anyway. So I'm going to let you guys go. But remember, you could do anything in this lifetime. You could be whoever you want to be. Nobody can kill your dream except you. You know, reach for the stars. Actually, that's what I'm going to say. Reach for the stars because that's a really good title. That's what I want to do at one point. Reach for the stars. So I'm going to let you guys go. Have a blessed Sunday, a great work week. Stay safe. Stay strong. Remember, think positive in a negative world. And you can overcome anything in this lifetime. Have a great Have a great Sunday, a blessed Sunday. God bless all of you. Take care.